Welcome to FranPath Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are FranPath Consulting. Hey, Britt. Hey, Sam. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing really well. Good, good. Just It's been a busy week. I can't believe that we're already here. It's already Thursday and the whole week is almost gone. I know. I feel like I look at your calendar and I can barely get time with you. We've been back to back with some really great people this week. Isn't that the truth? I, I think it's so interesting to talk to people from all over the United States and all different walks of life and just learn their stories and you know the reason that they're looking at franchising and just how different they all are is so crazy. They are. You know, just thinking about a couple of people that I talked to today, um, you know, one of the one of the clients that we're working with right now, he's young. You know, he's in his early 30s. He has a young family. He has built an impressive career for himself, but he's really motivated to explore business ownership. So that way he has you know, more flexibility, more time with his family. And really to build an empire for himself. He's put a lot of hours in with one company for the bulk of his career, and he's just ready to have more flexibility for his family. Yeah, it's so fun to see younger franchise buyers than we have in the past, just with how much money that they've grown in the market, you know, having 401ks and doing those things early in their careers and 10 years of having that, you know, it's shown exponential growth. And being able to buy real estate and doing some of those things and having growth in their home and home equity lines of credit. You know, last week, Sherry talked a lot about leveraging funding. And it's interesting to see some of those younger, more non-traditional franchise buyers and the fact that they're coming in and, and creating those legacies for their families, for sure. It is. I think it's a lot of fun for us, you know, being two younger entrepreneurs. Um, I think we have really enjoyed working with clients like that. Uh, and then on the opposite end of the spectrum, you know, a client that I worked with today is someone that I've worked with previously. He already is a multi-unit franchisee. He has extensive entrepreneurial experience. He's been able to successfully exit multiple businesses now, and he's looking to invest in the next big thing. So it really kind of spans the gamut of who I'm working with right now. Same here. And I think the the interesting thing too, when you get people that have built their businesses from the ground up, I just talked to a client this morning, he built and sold a company and now is, has built another one and it's running successfully on its, its own. And he just said, quite frankly, I'm not interested in doing this again. Like I'm not interested in starting at the ground level. I want I want the base to be built. I don't want to figure out all the minutia and I want another revenue stream. So just the challenge of a new business without the challenge of trying to start that from absolutely the ground up. And he made me laugh because he said, then I don't have any ideas left. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know. Thinking back to when we talked to Hyder, to your husband on a previous podcast, right? He was a bit of an ideas guy, he said, and not everybody's an ideas guy or you run out of the next great idea. So that's where franchising can really uh, come in handy. 
I feel like we meet a lot. We have a lot of idea guys that aren't implementers and a lot of implementers that just can't get the million dollar idea. And so franchising kind of marries those types of people with a great business strategy or a great business idea to be able to use it. And, you know, that's kind of a great segue. Um, Today, we have a great friend of mine for over a decade, somebody I met um, when we were both very young in the franchising game. And she owned a franchise before anybody I knew owned a franchise as a female in her 20s. Um, I would love to introduce, it's my pleasure, Courtney Palm. Hi, guys. How are you? Good, good, good. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And I'm really excited for you, Sam, to see you opening your own business. I probably could have told you that over 10 years ago, as you make us sound old, over a decade. (laughs) (laughs) I'm super excited. You're going to do awesome. When we were 13, we met mowing lawns. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was franchising at 13. (laughs) Very non-traditional model. (laughs) I mean, I, I think it was 23, so it was, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that is wild that, mm-hmm. and, and very atypical of what we see in franchising. So if you don't mind, would you just walk us through a little bit about you, Court, and just tell us your story, how you got into franchising? So um, yeah, I basically was planning on going to law school. I was working at a law firm um, in Cleveland, Ohio, and much to my mother's dismay, I did not go to law school. <laughs> um, I actually started dating someone, and we were both very entrepreneurial. Um, I was looking into possibly opening a gym, um, and he was very interested in Pita Pit. He went to med school out in Iowa City and ate at the Pita Pit all the time. He was obsessed with it. And when I started looking into it, I thought, this is a really great concept. It's moving towards, you know, the healthier style of living, quick service. Um, so I said, hey, let's take a look. Let's, let's apply for a franchise and see what happens. So we went ahead and applied for actually for Akron, Ohio. And I was called in. I got to go out to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. It's absolutely beautiful. And um, meet all the the Pita Pit crew, um, which was a little intimidating at 23, but (laughs) it was very exciting. Um, And we did get approved, but unfortunately, um, Akron, Ohio wasn't available anymore. So they said, here's some of the locations we have available. And Madison, Wisconsin was the only Big Ten school that was still available. And we love Big Ten football. So that is how we ended up in Madison with the Pita Pit franchise. And and for us, we were looking for something more up and coming. Um, You know, there's a lot of really great franchises, but it takes a lot, a ton of money to get in. Um, And Pita Pit was a well-established franchise, but still in the beginning of, you know, rolling out their franchise. So that's really what attracted us. And they had a really good family vibe. I I can say nothing bad. I love everyone from Pita Pit, still friends with a a ton of them. Um, And really, really grateful that we chose that franchise. Sounds like it was a great culture and and a great fit for what you were looking for. That's a big move to pick up and move to a new area, a new market that takes a lot of guts, especially in your early 20s. 
So what did your kind of day in the life look like? What did it look like for you to be a franchisee with Pita Pit? Well, the good thing is that early in your 20s, I don't think you have any idea what you're getting into. <laughs> so <laughs> the move was easier. <laughs> Once I got there, I think I realized, whoa, what did I get myself into? Um, so the day-to-day -day life was really interesting. It changed over time. When I moved out there, we had to find a location, build out the restaurant, you know, work with real estate, and, and they have a team that comes in and, and scouts locations and helps you kind of decide. And Madison, Wisconsin is really a saturated market for restaurants, which is something that I think if I had to do over again, I would have reconsidered. Um, but you know, we went through all of that process, got, got it open um, during football season, which was awesome. And the day-to-day -day life is one thing I think you really should spend time um, at the franchise that you're interested in. Um, that's my personal opinion um, because it was intense. We started being open um, 8 a.m. to 3 a.m. So I was there from like 7 a.m. to 4 a.m. Um, not a lot of time to like do laundry, go to the store. If you need anything, you're kind of stuck. Uh, there's like months I don't remember of my life, but um, I basically would go in, get everything prepped and ready. Um, and, it, you know, I had really great staff. I'm very lucky. We had a really great retention. Um, I think if you treat people well, they have a lot more respect for you. And, and I, I love, I always say my Pita Pit kids, <laughs> which is terrible. They were probably close to my same age, but um, they were all awesome. And um, so I got to work with them and really the day-to-day -day was crazy because there were so many different things. You know, you're working in the business, you're working on the business, you're doing payroll, you're doing ordering. I mean, it's the list is endless. Um, yeah, so definitely interesting. Yeah, it, it's so crazy for me too to like think back from the outside because it was just what you did. And I, I remember that, you know, we're in our mid-20s and you'd be like, I got to go. Nobody showed up to drive delivery or, yep. you know, just all of the things where it's like, wow, you know, it, yeah. it, it was definitely a, a big girl job. And so your role, you were the owner operator and there were investors yeah. involved. And so can you talk about how that dynamic worked at all? Yeah. And yeah. So like I said, um, my original business partner, um, who I was dating at the time, which is awesome. Um, we, I don't know if that's a recommendation for other people. It worked out great for us. <laughs> um, but we actually went to our friends. We, there was a couple of friends we thought might be interested. And so we talked to them and we decided to split it. So I owned a third, he owned a third, and then our two friends split an additional third. And if you're going into, uh, into business with partners, let me tell you, it is a stressful thing to be the owner operator. Make sure you get partners who are supportive and um, really understand the ups and downs of businesses because I had the most incredible experience with my business partners. They were extremely supportive. Unless it was a major decision, they let me kind of run the day to day because you just, there's no time to check on the small stuff. So we, you know, we kind of had a cap. Like if it's something under a $10,000, you know, decision, which in food is not, doesn't happen that often, um, you know, we really didn't need to talk about it. And, you know, that, that was, 
they were very laid back about that, but they were extremely supportive from afar. Obviously I was the only one that moved out there, but it was definitely something I would, I would say, if you're looking to partner with people, make sure that they're the people that do understand that there are ups and downs and that, you know, they'll be ready to be there and be supportive. Yeah, picking the right partner is definitely key if you're going to go into a partnership. Sam and I put a lot of thought behind that when we partnered together. Um, so I come from the food industry too. I, I worked in the food business for a very long time in management and training. So we've got that in common, Courtney. Help me understand, what did you love about the food business? And if you look at another franchise venture, would you look at food again? What would you look for this time around? Tell us a little bit more about that. So you probably had more experience. I know you did than I did going in. So that's another thing. Work in the business or at least in the industry that you're going to be yeah. in. Um, I really just won it on this one. But um, I am forever grateful for my experience with, with franchising with Pita Pit. I learned so much. And it was an awesome experience in the will to survive and, um, you know, learn a new business. And um, I, at this point in my life, am very grateful for the experience. I would not go back into food from a personal standpoint. Um, you have to be present, in my opinion. And for other people, this may be different. They may have found a different strategy. But you have to be there a lot and the hours at least for that for that particular location and brand were long hours so you know i don't want to do the morning till 4 a.m game anymore so that's something to consider um but it was also really cool with food you get to work with all different sorts of industries i worked with the athletic teams i worked with you know the different departments i worked with tons of businesses students i mean we just had you know drunk people from football games we got the <laughs> the total array of people to work with so it was a really good experience um but you know, I, I loved that at the time for where I was in life. I, you know, had all the time in the world to kind of put into it and it was awesome. Now I might not go that route again, but the franchising aspect, absolutely. You know, when you are starting a business and, and a lot of people in my family own businesses, so I understood business, but there are so many little details that you don't think about. So going into franchising is such an incredible opportunity to be able to open a business with you know the steps that they know are going to make you successful already set up because it's hard enough to run your business without having to make all those decisions so with that like really strong foundation set with a franchise it's way easier at, like from an entry standpoint to get in and be successful I love that. I love just hearing it because we do, we preach it. Like when somebody says, well, why wouldn't I just do this myself? Couldn't I just buy this and, and do it? It's like, you could yeah. <laughs> absolutely could do that, but then you need to figure everything out from the CRM that you're going to use to the payroll company, all of the above, the real estate, if you're going to do a brick and mortar. And, and I don't, think that people understand what an undertaking mm -hmm. that is, especially for people that want to keep their jobs and open yes. an investment model, you know? 
Absolutely. Well, I mean, and it's just things that you don't even think about, you know, like what size fridges and freezers do you need? What si how far off the ground do the, you know, the racks have to be in your back room? What sinks do you need? What grease traps? I mean, there are so many things, like I said, teeny tiny details that you just, if you don't know, you don't know. So um, and, and I think it's great, you know, people move into other franchises. I would love to own another business, learning all the things I've learned. I've helped other people, other friends when they're starting their businesses that aren't franchises, because I have some of that knowledge that I otherwise wouldn't have. So whether this is your jumping springboard into buying more franchises or, you know, you end up being somebody who opens a business and starts franchising that business, who knows? But it is such a great entry point for people, especially young people that are interested, um, but people from all walks of life. I think it's a really great opportunity. I love Especially that. if they go with you guys, because I know you girls know your stuff. And, you know, I, I just, from knowing you, you guys are the type of people that would not steer somebody in the wrong direction. You would find out what they want, what they're looking for, and and find that connection where they're going to be happy in that business. I know that your integrity is there, and that's something that's huge. Somebody who cares about you being successful. I just, I mean, I really appreciate that, yeah. and I think integrity is just priceless. Absolutely. And, and Brittany and I feel very strongly. This is really from a lot of people, sometimes the most expensive purchase they mm. ever make. And we talk a lot about that because it's not like a home you don't live in it. It affects your family as well. And so it, it has to be a family decision. You know, and I, I really appreciate you saying the integrity point. Britt, I know you and I have a lot of conversations surrounding that, just how important it is to find the right business. And you made an exit, Courtney, out of, you know, out of Pita Pit and kind of did the opposite and went back in to corporate America and did some of those things and now are exploring entrepreneurship in parallel paths to corporate America. What was that like going from working for yourself essentially out of college to then jumping back in and being on somebody's payroll? Very interesting. <laughs> um, I did. And I was, I was, you know, lucky. I was able to sell. We were able to sell Pita Pit. So it worked out. Moving into the corporate world was interesting. I definitely went into sales. I wanted to be somewhere where I still had some control over um, my autonomy. I, I like the freedom aspect of that. So sales is a good, a good uh, next step if you're thinking about taking a break. Um, but you know, I'm lucky in the way that I, I'm not somebody that has an issue working for or with other people. So, you know, it wasn't that difficult of a transition, but I think it is important to have, if you're an entrepreneur, to have some control over your schedule and over how much money you can make. And sales is a really nice complement to that. Um, so, yeah. We see that with a lot of our clients. A lot of our clients come from the sales industry. You know, they look at, can I leverage those skill sets in sales, in leadership, in management? Because a lot of businesses are very sales driven. And, you know, sometimes they'll do both. They'll be full-time employees with a company and go the sales route because it affords them some of that flexibility that you need to be an entrepreneur. 
Um, I know you made a couple of comments about, you know, if you were to invest in another franchise someday, you might do something different. I'm really curious to know, what do you think you'd look for this time around with all of the knowledge that you gained from being a Pita Pit franchisee? Wow, that is a question, isn't it? <laughs> um, you know, I have not put a lot of thought into that, to be honest with you. So I'm just going to go off the cuff. Um, I think a couple things I would look for are franchises that are at the beginning um, of their kind of rollout. I think it's important to get in early. Not that you can't get in later, but that's something I would look for. I think I would spend a lot more time looking at the locations that I'm interested in um, because the place that you live might not be the right place for that location. Um, so that I think, again, I'm going to come back to kind of character and integrity, you know, leaving Pita Pit, I still have nothing but kind and wonderful things to say about everyone I worked with there from corporate to other franchisees. The experience was phenomenal. I know I could still call them if I needed anything. Their character and integrity is top notch. So that's something if I went back in um, would be something that I would want to look for. And, you know, something that I love, you know, I went in and I wanted to do own a business and, and it was a great opportunity. My partners were great. I couldn't I couldn't have had a better experience, but um, and it was hard. I don't want to like be like, oh, it was <laughs> Sam knows. I mean, I left football games, brunches, like my life was Pita Pit. Um, but, you know, I, I think I think that um, it's important to love what you do. And I think that's something I would really consider. Like, what do I want to do every day and what will make me happy? Because if I if I own another business, I want to be there because that's what I'm passionate about. I think that's great advice. Just the passion play. And I, I love, I feel like I'm having a lot of reminiscing moments of like when you said like, I've left brunches. I was like, that's the truth. I've left football games. That's also the truth, <laughs> you know? Yep. I, and I think it's good to let business owners know that depending on the business you choose, that may be required of you. So looking at the avenue which with that you want to go down is going to be really important in understanding a day in the life. Um, if you did it again, would you be passive? Would you keep your sales job and then invest, be on the more of the investor side, or would you want to be in day to day? You know, I think that would really depend on the the opportunities and where I was in life. I think you know. I, and I don't, I don't want to overstep, but I think you had mentioned a sort of passive franchise that you're working with right now to me. <laughs> She's already trying to sell me guys. Okay. <laughs> um, but I don't know if you want to say the name or if I just keep going, but. I forget which one it was. Okay. I, have, well, I have a short, I have a short. I'll let her, I'll about, let her. Um, about about later, but, um, and was, I want to. There do. was a more <laughs> passive um, opportunity that was, you know, seemed like a really cool opportunity. If you're busy, if you're a parent, or if you just like going out and having your own time, that, you know, sounded like a really cool opportunity. But if it was, if it was not a passive type of business where the people need to be there, I think just knowing my personality, I would have to be involved. So 
I hope yep. that answered the question. I think it did for sure. Um, I think that's kind of why we do what we do because everybody's looking for something different. You know, at the beginning of the podcast, mm -hmm. Sam and I talked about just a couple of different clients that we're working with. And I think it's so important to go through a process. Yeah, I love that you talked about really vetting Pita Pit and meeting them and the culture and vetting locations. You gave a, gave a lot of great advice today, a lot of good nuggets. Um, I'd love to know one more thing from you, Courtney. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Well, I could keep you here for like hours on end with like all the quotes and advice, but I, I, I if you don't mind, I'm going to tell you a story quickly. I love that it. happened to me and it was a piece of advice that popped into my own head. Um, I will never forget. It was like a football Saturday. We were slam packed and our Coca-Cola machine went down. Okay. So now we have no pop to serve and it's smoking hot outside. That means no ice, no water, no pop. Okay. So we still have the one cooler and I'm like, okay, let's get, you know, pops in the downstairs cooler. We'll figure this out with this tiny cooler. Well, of course that breaks down because we're trying to cool these soda pops. I know this sounds like not that big of a deal, but in that moment, it's like, that's half of our sales right there, right? Like drinks are really good um, margin. Margin, so, yeah, margin's great on them. So mm -hmm. I'm just having like a meltdown. And all of a sudden I'm like, is this gonna matter? Is this gonna matter? Like life is going to go on tomorrow, whether people get their soda pops, whether we made the money from soda pops today or not life is going to go on and it's going to be fine. And it's just sandwiches and pops. Like it's pitas and pops. Like it's going to be fine. And I think that was a huge turning point for me where it's like, sometimes we put so much pressure and stress on ourselves, especially entrepreneurs to get everything perfect. And there's no such thing as perfect. There will never be a day where nothing goes wrong. It's, it's impossible. If you find that, call me, I will come work with you because I want to know what you're doing, but it just doesn't happen. So like everything, life will go on, everything will work out. Just do your best and enjoy the moment. Stay present. Like that's my best advice. Wow. <laughs> I love it. Love it. I'm that is so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like Brittany and I are, you know, we can see each other while we record these, but you know, they, we don't release the video, but we're all grinning because it is one of those things where I, I think you hear that and you go, yeah, you have to remind yourself mm -hmm. of that all the time. You know, it, it, not just in business, but in life, is it going to matter in a week? Is it going to matter in a year? Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, I, I learned that lesson and I reteach my lesson, that lesson to myself, like daily, weekly, <laughs> like you said, you have to keep reminding yourself. So I think that's a great add on there, Sam. See, I love that. <laughs> I love the synergy. Yeah. I do. Me too. I, it's always, it's so great having people that we know from previous parts of our lives and, and just talking them through and, and also having you know, the 2020 vision of what's behind you and, and looking back now on like what I think was, you know, your mid twenties for anybody listening to this. And if you are in your mid twenties, man, enjoy it. But looking yeah. back on that as a time where, you know, everything seems very magnified, but now looking back, it is one of those things that in, in hindsight and with perspective, it wasn't that big of a deal, but 
you built and sold an incredible business in your 20s, which is so impressive. And I'm just so grateful that you shared time and advice and your thoughts with us today. And I I just, I have a lot of respect for you, Courtney. And I, I just, I love you as a friend and as a business owner. Well, the feeling is mutual. I, I, yeah, thank you for that. And thank you for letting me be a part of this. I'm so excited to see where you guys take this and, and watch my friends be so successful. It's incredible. I love it. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time today. Yes. Thank you guys. Thanks, Court. Brett, that was packed (laughs) full of great advice and stories. So much good information. I mean, to be in your early mid twenties running a business like that, and food is you know hard. That's very rewarding, but it's hard. Lots of employees, lots of inventory, and that business especially had super long hours. So I'm impressed, and she gave a lot of good insight today and wisdom for our clients. Yeah, I just, it's so valuable. And, you know, Courtney learned the lesson the hard way. The soda pop doesn't matter. So now everybody understands <laughs> that too. You know, really take it minute by minute. Um, thank you everyone for listening today. If you'd love to learn more about those franchises that are on our short list that Courtney dropped there and that she's interested in as well, please email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn at franpathconsulting. Please follow our podcast on Spotify, Apple, or Podbean, the Fran Path Consulting Podcast. If you are so inclined, we'd also appreciate a five-star review. You can find us on Instagram at FranPath or our website at FranPathConsulting.com for your free business assessment. Have a great rest of your week.